Welcome to the Review Crew Podcast, Review Cues. I'm Dylan King, and if you don't know, I work with other staff on a weekly show called Review Crew, where we discuss the newest trailers, movies, and entertainment industry news. After 10 plus years in production, Review Crew is still running better than ever, but you can imagine how difficult it is for a weekly show to cover absolutely everything about entertainment and cultural events in general, which is where this podcast steps in, to provide you with a little more food for thought and an opportunity to engage with us in a more casual setting as we tackle different aspects of industry news each week. Now, before we get started, I'd like to introduce this week's co-hosts, Mr. Owen Hannanell. Thank you again. Longtime podcast contributor, <laughs> all around aficionado. <laughs> <laughs> this week we have Andrene on. Hello, I'm Andrene. <laughs> and returning again is Jenna. Hey. On the mic. <laughs> Back at it. Back at it. So I mean, last week. Jenna, Owen, and I had a podcast. We kind of talked about mm-hmm. the state of podcasting, mm-hmm. entertainment in general. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to you, Andrene, and you mentioned to me that you did a, a radio show with mm-hmm. W-A-E-R. W-E-R-W. Ooh, Real yes. college, college radio. Confused. The other one. Tags down. <laughs> At least two tags. Yeah. So, so what, what kind of radio show do you have? I'm just talking about astrology for the whole time. That's what I did today. I played some music because, I, you know, you need music, I think. I don't. I couldn't sustain by myself. If I had someone else to talk, I could talk the whole hour. So it started off with like you know saying something that you're grateful for. I have oracle cards, and oracle cards are like tarot. Do y'all know what tarot cards are? Yeah. Okay. Lesson. Here you I'm go. Right, <laughs> Here you go. Tarot cards, right? No. Before even tarot cards, standard deck of cards, playing cards. You know how they have the four suits, the club, diamond, hearts, spades. You know, and a certain amount that you have the king, jack, queen, king, blah, 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 them. Okay? So tarot cards are standardized in the same kind of way. You have pentacles, um, cups, swords, and... Wands. Wands! There you go. I couldn't think of it. Wands. And you have, like, one to... I think it goes to maybe ten for each for each suit. And then you have major arcana, which is, like, high priestess, the magician. Those are the, like, more powerful ones. You know, like king queens and that sort and it's standardized so you have a certain amount and it fluctuates depending on the type but for the most part you're going to get the same like type of things and the artwork which is different from deck to deck now oracle cards oracle cards is a lot more free form you can have as many as 32 or as many as 78 and it has different themes so the oracle deck that i have is the divine feminine so all the cards have different different divine feminine figures like the Virgin Mary, the Black Madonna, um, Oshun. No, not Oshun. Yamaya is on there. Um, Joan of Arc. So it's divine, like divine in a sense like goddesses, but also just everyday women who were in tune with the divine in them. So and each one has an affirmation. And you flip one, you like shuffle, flip one. And you read the affirmation. It's a little book that tells you about the figure on the card. And then it gives you the affirmation again and a question that you ask. The card I pulled today went right along with the intro. was um, Fatima, the mother of Amans. And the card was about being grateful. Like, what are you grateful for in this moment? And that's how I started off. And then after that, I started trash talking Scorpios. Sorry, Scorpios. <laughs> not sorry. <laughs> and then that was my show. So what are, what are people grateful for now? I talked about the weather. Like, it was so beautiful today. It was really nice this morning. And then right, I saw you I saw you come in into Newhouse. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, and as soon as you came in, it started pouring down raining. Like, yeah. it was ridiculous. Halfway, halfway here, like, right as I was crossing the promenade, mm-hmm. I felt a drop, and I was like, bro, Kim, we got to run. Like, <laughs> so I'm curious, like, wh- like how did you get um, into astrology, and where did you start becoming interested in that kind of stuff? Um, I have no idea how I got into astrology. I can't even tell you. <laughs> like, I really don't know. I just like anything spiritual stuff that I like to learn. Um, astrology is just the easiest thing to do to talk to people about. Because you have numerology as well. But then I'll have to sit and, like, write your name down and add up the numbers of your name. And that's too much effort. Like, mm-hmm. But it's easy for me to be like, oh, Owen, you're a Leo. Mm. And I can, like, fuck with people because I like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should fuck with Owen a little bit right now. 
Thursday, you were like, oh, Leo's, Leo's and Aries don't get along. I'm like, why? <laughs> I did not say that. I said we are I tend to fight with yes. Leo's or something. Look at us. We're bickering right now already. I feel I, it no, coming. I, 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 I'm not. <laughs> no, Aries, I mean, it's just every Leo that I've encountered, we just argue, like, all the time. And that, to me, that's not us not getting along. If anything, that's us getting along, because I like to debate and argue. Yeah. Like, if we're just having a nice, like, little, like, oh, roses, daisies, that's boring. Mm-hmm. Like, challenge me. Challenge me. It's, it's funny how you can, like, I was talking about this with my, my roommate Cam the other day, mm-hmm. how we're different people around different, like, groups of people and mm-hmm. different friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I wonder how, like, astrology would play into that and, like, mm. how people... Mm-hmm. And you were talking about, like, code switching, even. Mm-hmm. This is, like, I don't know, personality switching. Like, yeah. you can just become a... Not a different person, but you show different sides of yourself to different people you're around. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's interesting. It does do that with astrology. Like, it's different... Astrology go deep, y'all. Like, <laughs> it goes really deep. That horoscope shit you see on Facebook, that is nothing like mm-hmm. that is phony that's false <laughs> don't think that is real astrology because with each sign's like okay leo and aries since i'm picking on owen <laughs> <laughs> Always me. um both are fire signs that's the element fire signs are like passionate lust for life like a lot of energy excitement and all of that and then you have the modality cardinal and fixed right so cardinal are initiators like get things started not the best finishers. I start like 60,000 projects, 40 billion ideas. Do I finish half of them? No. I, I can go. <laughs> <laughs> I do the same thing. And then Fix is like unmoving like a bit, not changing, you know. Like Leo's just be like, I'm right. Look at me. I know. It's me. Like <laughs> thinking they're the best, which Leo's do think they're the best. And I'm not mad at that because that's the nature of the sign. Like it's like... Each sign has their own stereotypes or whatever, and Leos have huge egos because they're ruled by the sun, and the yeah. sun represents ego. You got a big ego? You said yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, ruled by the sun it just sounds kind of cool. Like, it is cool. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so egos are like, I mean, not egos. Leos are like the big main, you know, like, I'm a lion. Look. <laughs> look at me. Look at me. <laughs> and they're more prone to be leaders and like very charismatic. Yeah. President Obama was a Leo and yeah. people fucking love the shit out of him. <laughs> like they love that's him true. hardcore. That's true. And that's a confident Leo, like an evolved Leo now. Like an unevolved Leo is the Leos that people hate. And that's the ones oh. that's like, give me attention, give me attention. Like we're all sitting here chilling, minding our business, and the Leo come and like trip just to get some attention like <laughs> what are you tripping on <laughs> beta leo strategies uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's irritating hope so i got that jpeg uh, <laughs> <laughs> but those are leos um leos have big egos aries yeah. egos are probably even worse than leos but like yeah what about you dylan what's your Aries sign i was gonna ask you to go first but <laughs> just since it came up i'm a i'm a virgo Virgo. Yeah. Are you nitpicky? Uh, uh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes or no? I don't know. Do you pay attention to like the smallest shit, like the littlest detail that no one else would pick up? I try. I don't always succeed, but I try. Try. Is that important to you, <laughs> the small details? I guess, yeah. Like, I don't know. When doing like projects and stuff, I'm mm-hmm. always trying to focus on mm-hmm. the little things that are going to set me apart from everyone else. But then sometimes I just fuck up and don't do those. <laughs> maybe I'm in between. Still a beta Virgo. <laughs> so, Andre, you're also a film major, correct? Yes, I am. So, uh, do you plan in any way to like incorporate your astrology knowledge and wisdom and impart that onto your career? Mm, I don't know. To me, astrology is just something fun to do. Like, I take it serious, but I also don't take it that serious. I was creating a character over last winter break, and I was like, maybe I'll just put in, like, a, a guesstimate of their birth, of when their birthday is to generate a chart and use, like, some of the um, archetypes from each side into it. But I don't think I would really, really use astrology mm-hmm. for film. I think for film, I'm a bit more... Mm, 
more psychology based, if anything. Mm. That's interesting. That's really interesting, like using mm. um, the common traits for different signs, mm-hmm. like in your character development. Mm. I could see that being like kind of really helpful when you're trying to figure out like yeah. what a character's passions are and their motivations and mm. how you want to write them into the story. I could see that being super helpful. Yeah, definitely be like a source of inspiration if you're struggling to like yeah. complete a character, or, like mm-hmm. develop it. Mm-hmm. I <clears throat> I found myself like kind of <laughs> in my in my scripts for uh, TRF two eleven, which is like the screenwriting class mm-hmm. for um, like new house students. Mm-hmm. I uh, I kind of like name characters after people I know in my life, okay. um, and then like change the name, but also keep going with like how I think that person would act in a given scenario. The person that the, that you named them after? Yeah. So say you wrote about Dylan. Yeah, say yeah. Yeah. If I was if I was thinking Say about you wrote it. about Jenna and Cameron. You <laughs> <laughs> did? I did. I, okay. I've, I've written scripts. You wrote about me? Well, for one of my projects... It was no, you eaves- didn't! No, 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 it was the eavesdropping assignment. Oh, Remember yeah. when I wrote the conversation Never mind. with you and <laughs> I got really excited that I inspired you, but <laughs> whatever. Maybe you did. I'm sure you did. I'm sure. I, I, I will eventually, I'm sure. Aww. But, uh, yeah, like the other day, um, or the other week, I, I wrote a script. It was, like, about... Uh, well, it's <laughs> it's a little not PG PG uh, for this radio show or oh. this podcast, but okay. about I basically, some paraphernalia. Yeah, about some paraf- paraphernalia, and I was like, I, it was kind of like a, a twisted version of something that could happen in like mm-hmm. my dorm room with me and my roommate, and I like mm-hmm. loosely based off that. Did you tell me this? <clears throat> that you yeah. know this? <laughs> yeah, I told. I was telling. I was telling everyone because we were talking about scripts or something, mm-hmm. and I go. I know we were talking about 211 in this class, mm-hmm. and I was talking to Adam and Alex, I think, and I was telling those guys, like, hey, Owen really likes to take inspiration from life, and, you know, he <laughs> likes to write, write about his roommate and him, their <laughs> daily activities. Yeah, yeah well, I think that's positive. good. I yeah, you're you drawing for, you're writing what you know. know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, the number one rule of screenwriting, I feel like, is write what you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the highest success. That way you'll... Uh, actually have something that's relatable and, and feels real and mm-hmm. genuine and not mm-hmm. fabricated. Yeah, definitely. I don't know, now that I'm kind of starting screenwriting and just, like, the creative process in general, mm-hmm. I think it's cool that I can use my life experiences for better or for worse, like, in using that, I don't know, to inspire something in my stories, like, mm-hmm. any yeah. any kind of, like, embarrassing thing I did or mm-hmm. some some mistake <laughs> can just be a positive, and I can use that in a story, like... Yeah. Um, no, you're inspiring camaraderie between DPS officers and <laughs> intoxicated <laughs> students. Uh, yeah, like, I was, I was reading, like, the, uh, I forget if it was the director or the creator of uh, the show Euphoria on HBO. Mm-hmm. He actually, like kind of similarly to uh, Rue in the story. Um, He was, like, into drugs and stuff, and, like, he, like, I think went to rehab and stuff, but he he used those experiences in creating, like, a more realistic story. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think he achieved a really great... I would love to do some sort of review on Euphoria. I know we haven't done that yet, but... I'd say if the listener is interested in checking out more of that. We really, uh, in the fifth podcast, fifth Review Cues podcast, we dove into that, um, talked about, yeah, the creator and his life story and how he created Rue based off that. Then we kind of got into trans representation in the media and in Hollywood in general. And we wrapped that up in the fifth episode, but I'm curious, Andrene, to go back to what you said about your interest in psychology. Mm -hmm. Like, how would that, I don't know, what kind of projects do you think you could do with that? I like writing things about childhood because I think... Just from, like, personal development and a lot of introspection and just coming here to cues, I've realized how much of things in my childhood has impacted impacted me, how I think, how I relate to people and everything. Like, just how your parents are when you were a baby can affect how you attach with people, how you interact with people. You know, if you're, if you're a baby and you're crying and your parents ignore you, then and you're not getting that, then you're going to be insecurely attached or you, like, suppressing your cries so you can get attention from your parents, then you're going to be thinking, as you get older, you're going to be avoiding attached. So you think if you show any kind of, like, need or whatever, any kind of desire for intimacy, you're going to get dismissed. So you'd be like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Or, you, or in some other cases, you end up, like, putting other people's needs before yours. All these things stem from what happens to us in childhood because when you're a kid, like... Your neural neural pathways are completely forming and developing, and it's like 
it's like you know you're clay and kids are sponges kids that's are straight true. up sponges that's true yeah my little sister it creeped me the fuck i mean <laughs> it creeped me out so much i was doing makeup and my little sister was just in a corner staring at me like just staring she's learning she's <laughs> evolving <laughs> she's evolving but kids do that like they just like yeah. they just model you up. yeah so i think taking that into and making psychological thrills but thinking about the psychology of the character like that's cool that's the how like like one of my favorite movies is called repulsion mm-hmm. and it's by i think roman polanski oh polanski polanski yeah oh yeah he's interesting he's, right? he's a he's, have you seen once upon a time in hollywood i'd I went into the. I tried to sneak in to watch the movie, <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't stay, so I had to leave. Uh, uh, it happens. But yeah. this movie, Repulsion. Repulsion is about this woman who is afraid of men, like she's afraid of men, and the whole film you can see her slow descent into like how her psychology is so fucked up. Even as a man comes to her, she's like doesn't want to be touched by him doesn't want to be around him like her sister has a boyfriend and her boyfriend freaks her the fuck out she does not like men and then as it continues on she engages with men <clears throat> more and more like her mentality just completely like decreases like she and then she just goes into a catatonic state it is so good and and it's about it's interesting because that movie's about a woman that's afraid of men but the director has charges for sexual assault and all yeah, of that. Right. Yeah, Roman Polanski currently in Europe, uh, still like not allowed to return to the United States. Which is wild. That is wild. For statutory rape, right? Yeah, I think he. I might be wrong. Uh, I think from what my like dad's explained to me, mm-hmm. he married someone who was younger <clears throat> than like the legal age. Oh my gosh. And, um. I think it might have been in one of his movies or something, but that's wild. Um, five offenses of five offenses against a girl named Samantha Geimer. Hmm. She's thirteen, and it was rape by use of drugs, perversion, sodomy, you know, things, all that stuff. Furnishing controlled substance to a minor. Yeah, Ooh. we were on the right track. Yeah, yeah it's that's crazy. crazy. Kind of reminds me of um, I forget what movie. I was watching the other day, but, uh, oh no, it was Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in the opening credits it says, like, executively produced by Harvey Weinstein. And everyone mm-hmm. was like, oh, Harvey. And it's like, when you think about it, mm-hmm. a lot of the movies, like, in that span from, like, the 90s through all the way through 2000s, so many movies were executively produced by Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. And, like, these controversial filmmakers, like Polanski and stuff, make, like, great work. And it's, like, yeah. kind of. You just have it in the back of your mind, though, throughout like, the whole movie. Yeah. Like, like, you're writing about you. She's afraid of you. Yeah. She's afraid of you. You're... Oh, my God. Yep. Right. I mean... Yeah, write what you know, right? Yes! I think that even goes back to the psychology within these dudes. There's, like, deep complexes. Either, like, mm. the God complex that they are mm-hmm. purveyor of the industry, artistic, cutting yeah. edge, mm-hmm. creating what society views. Mm-hmm. Um or they're just inept and mm-hmm. have deep trauma, like you said, that forces mm-hmm. them to seek that control over other people or yeah. do these fucked up things. Yeah. Kind of kind of makes you think about, like, the movies themselves and how they relate to those, like, yeah. just misguided and twisted mm-hmm. views that mm-hmm. those um, just people have. Like, even, even Alfred Hitchcock, who... Uh, I love Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Favorite director. Amazing movies... But also had some controversy with, I forget the actress's name, mm-hmm. but the, the one who was in The Birds. Um, he, I think the story goes something like he was like flirting with her, but mm-hmm. she did, wasn't into him. And uh, he kind of like did like psychological torture on her throughout the set of the movie. Like, oh, damn. There were these birds that uh, they're like trained to like attack people. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's like the story of the movie The Birds. But uh, he, like, had the birds just on her for a while and, like, kept doing reshoots and, like, making her, like, have these birds, like, attack her mm. and stuff. And I was just like, Jesus. That's, that's, <laughs> that's trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would be scared of birds after that. Like, that's insane. <laughs> hey, um, uh, Owen, did you, did you know that Roman Polanski is a Leo? 
How would you like to defend yourself? <laughs> I mean, Speak for all the videos that exist. Let, let me hit up. Uh, I'm kidding. Co-star, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Trouble with work, spirituality, social life, sex and love, and self. Well. well. <laughs> Definitely some <laughs> trouble with sex and love. That's for sure. Jeez. Oh my goodness. So, um, what movies have you guys seen lately? Like, what do you guys. This Ooh. past week? Yeah. Let's see. Monday, I watched. I watched um, Psycho this week. Yeah. Oh, nice. Ooh. That shit scared the hell out of me. <laughs> I was scared. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a. I think if I was in the dark, like, watching movies, how they're supposed to be watched in the dark on a big screen, I would have been completely freaked out. But I went to the library and checked out the DVD player, because I don't have one. I need to buy one. Nah. And I was it was lit, so I was like, oh, I'm not as scared. <laughs> but um, when Norman Bates popped out... Wait, have you seen it? I don't, yeah, okay. When Norman Bates popped out dressed like his his, his mom, I was like, "Oh my god, that was scary! That was really scary!" But that's some psychology right there, like his whole trans transformation into her and his character was based on his psychology. I mean, well, everyone is based off of their mindset. Like, yeah, I think there's something to be said for that. Like those classic horror movies had such a tighter connection with psychology mm-hmm. than think about like. I don't know, like um, a, like a Saw remake or Eli. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, what's their connection to psychology? It's yeah, like right. Gorn and killing. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the horror movies these days have just reverted to simple jump scares mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like disturbing imagery. Mm-hmm. What, and, are, uh, what do you think are some movies that like don't rely on those things? So, um, what should we call it? What? I don't know. Midsummer. 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 Hereditary. I need to yeah. see that. I heard it's so good. I have good. not. F- I've seen parts of Hereditary, gotta finish it, but uh, Midsummer was incredible because the entire thing, pretty much, takes place during the day, Um, and so everything is bright and stuff, and it's like, oh, these nice grassy fields, Mm -hmm. and like, everyone's happy and stuff, but it's like, have you seen the movie? No, I haven't seen it. It's like this cult that, like, does sacrifices, and does all this messed up stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was like not using the traditional fear tactics mm-hmm. to, like, instill terror. Mm-hmm. It was genuinely, like, start to finish, just disturbing mm-hmm. and, like, put you on edge. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was pretty unique in, mm-hmm. a, in a film just this last decade and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm i not the biggest horror movie fan, mm-hmm. but uh, movies like The Conjuring um, and uh, Insidious were, like, good to me because mm. uh, they didn't... Even though The Conjuring does use, like, jump scares and stuff like that, it was also just, like, a more original idea than mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that's come out recently, in yeah. my opinion. No, I was thinking about um, what Jordan Peele is doing for horror and thriller. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he's so brilliant. You can tell that he is a horror aficionado yeah. when you watch because you can just see how each horror film is so heavily influenced. Like, in the um, Us, the trailer for Us was so similar to Jaws. By the way, I love Jaws. Jaws isn't scary, but Jaws is great. Yeah. Um, it was so similar to Jaws, but Us, right? Like, Us is such a... It's such... It's simple, but it's not simple. Like, it's it's not some fantastical thing, you know? Like, uh, like doppelgangers? I mean, I low-key think doppelgangers are real, so maybe it's not fantastical to me. But it isn't, like, jump scares, you know? It's like... The fact that you're seeing yourself, some another you, that's scary. It makes it really makes you think. Yeah, like that's scary, as ha- and it's that's but that's so psychological, like because you have your shadow self, right? And your shadow self is the repressed part of you. It's the mm. part of you that, like you know, all the bad things about yourself, all the things that you just want to forget about you. And it seems scary because it's the parts of you that you want to forget. And that's what the tethered was. That was the shadow of the people who are above ground mm-hmm. and that and that's so applicable to everyday life and i think just simple small things in life can be so horrifying like mm-hmm. like get out is about interracial dating yeah. interracial dating like i've dated white boys that's just scary oh sorry <laughs> it's it is scary like and and it inspired me to write oh man about this guy well this guy's white you can change the name you can change the name um I don't even say the name. I'll just, I don't know. I'll think of another name if it comes this out. This man. Um, I'll say his sign. 
<laughs> Tell me he wasn't a Leo. <laughs> he wasn't a Leo. Um, he claimed that he's a Sagittarius, but I don't believe him. He's capping. I think he's a Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a Scorpio. I did his birth chart, and it says Sagittarius, Sagittarius, and uh, Sun, um, Taurus, and T- Taurus and Aries rising. But I think he's a Scorpio. I think he got the time wrong. Um, I did the time like twelve hours earlier, and it fit him to a T, completely. But anyway. The point, the story is that, wait, what's the point of what I'm saying? I'm talking about you know, oh, writing. Oh, simple uh, horror things, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, it, w- it was a bad experience, right? And my fr- I told my friend about him, and she was like, who is this? And, she, and he was talking to my friend's friends, right? Mm-hmm. And I met him like a random as fuck at home before I even got here. He goes here, but I met him like random, like way before school started. And he was talking to my friend's friend and they're both black. And she showed me screenshots and messages and he was like, oh my God, you're my black queen, like my black God, like horrifying stuff like that. Like that's scary to be fetishized. And now here, like I only see him ever with black people. Like I only mm-hmm. ever see him with black girls. And it'd be like three, at least three around him anytime I see him. And after the whole experience, I'm like, hmm, I was even writing something. And I started writing about, like, this white guy that has a cult, like, a sexual cult filled with black women. He's, like, recruiting this freshman to be his, like, oh my God. in his cult. That shit is crazy. Uh, that shit well, is scary. Yeah, but it's, like, such a simple thing. Like, normal things in life can be so scary. Like, that. after I learned that and, like, examined him, like, he creeps me out. Like, I'd be like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stay away. <laughs> yeah, that. I just—it's like every—it's like the little everyday things that seem so like <clears throat> typical in our society, but you switch it and like look at it through the lens of psychology, mm-hmm. it gets all kinds of fucked up mm-hmm. real yeah. fast. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> I think it's crazy just the the evolution of film in general mm-hmm. and just like the tactics used to like portray different emotions and evoke different emotions from mm-hmm. the audience. Think about like. I don't know exactly when the first kind of like films were out in theaters, but it was like the silent ones. Mm-hmm. I just remember in high school watching this one. Um, it wasn't even like a history of film class, it was like some history class, and they were showing like what an old movie theater looked like, and it was this ten second movie of like a train going by, oh, yeah. and everyone in the theater was like, oh, because they thought the train was like coming at them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the early nineteen hundreds or something, but now it's like we see some guys head getting cut off and we don't even blink yeah it's like desensitized oh that happened to him next scene (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) next scene (laughs) that's That's the thing I think that just goes with like kind of like we were talking about last episode just like the news media and Mm -hmm. being desensitized to Mm -hmm. violence now that there's 24 hour coverage of Mm -hmm. every Mm -hmm. crime and if it bleeds it leads that's the motto and it's sadly true cause it's like it's sensationalized. It's over-sensationalized police brutality, right? I know I am completely desensitized to it. I'm like, okay, okay. Like, the prettier it is, the better. The more gory it is, the better. And I'm learning. I'm taking a class about the um, photography during the civil rights era. And this was before, like, social media and how they were using photos to, like, show things. And they were all these, like, images you see are completely strategically planned to for a certain agenda yeah. so now it's like you should see, see all these things because it wants to be popping like you know like I think it's yes you know you want to get it out there but some of these images are completely very meticulously crafted for yeah. Yeah. to show certain things yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. of like the, or the, the newspaper that printed Emmett Till's funeral mm-hmm. with the open casket mm-hmm. and that was like the first time any kind of violence like that have been put on the front page, mm-hmm. like that is an iconic history or mm-hmm. iconic image in history. Mm-hmm. I feel like now we see that literally every day. Yeah, yeah. But even just like going off of things being crafted and mm-hmm. like placed, and um, now we kind of understand that uh, you really can't believe everything you see. Yeah. All of these visuals, like there's so much that can be done mm-hmm. with. Um, just you know photoshop whatever it doesn't matter yeah, no. but like even even back then like people um who weren't used to seeing photographs and films mm-hmm. and movies and things like that like they believed it because mm-hmm. 
there was visual proof right yeah. in front of them. And, and it's, it's really hard now. Cause like when you, we see stuff like on the internet or wherever, it's like, Oh, how did they do that? Like, is that real? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really hard to, to yeah. find out. <laughs> I think it's really interesting thinking about just like journalism and the, the media industry as a whole at the end of the day, not their sole goal. I think every journalist tries to be as objective as possible mm-hmm. and report the truth all the time. But at the end of the day, they are a business, and they're, yeah. they're trying to make money. So you have to, I think, be skeptical, like, especially these days, mm-hmm. um, like, every kind of w- where all the sources are coming from and, like, mm-hmm. what, what are people's hidden agendas. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in a time where information is at your fingertips mm-hmm. 24-7, but... You know, like, even now, like, we have these, like, Russian bots on Twitter, like, trying to impact the election and Mm -hmm. trying to, like, steal your info and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know the point I'm trying to make. It just... No, I get what you mean. And I think, like, almost the next evolution, I think, as far as the general public is concerned, of, like, the train in the movie theater coming at the audience and everyone freaks out Mm -hmm. is deep fakes. Deep deep fakes? Deep fakes. Do y'all know what that is? No. No. Let me educate you. Okay, so with basically with the rise of artificial intelligence being used to like, like even in Apple's phones, you can open it, it'll scan your face and unlock Mm -hmm. it. That same technology, someone isolated the the algorithm that it uses, Mm -hmm. put it in a computer program, and now it will scan photos of anybody's face. So for example... I think it first blew up like two years ago. Natalie Portman, obviously was, she's an actress, she's famous. There's tons of images of her. Someone gla- gathered and conglomerated uh, this folder of like 3,000 images, fed it to this AI program, and then overlaid her face on a um, porno. And everyone thought it, like, it blended in, and everyone thought Natalie Portman had done like this you know, pornographic video. And obviously that was a PR nightmare for her. And since then, it's, like, continued to grow. And we haven't seen, like, a burst of it. I feel like 2020 elections, we're going to see so many deepfakes. Mm-hmm. Like, the one I think of most recently was Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. Or no, Nancy Pelosi. So Speaker, Nancy, Speaker Pelosi, over the summer, was holding, like, a benefit um, for in support of, like, the Democratic candidates. And someone messed around with her face to make it look like her eyes were drooping, to make her mouth kind of sag, and it sounded like she was really drunk. Damn. That's scary. It's scary that people can do that. And I, even though immediately I didn't recognize the deep fakes, like, lingo, I have seen stuff like that. And there was one, um, I forget if it was a picture or video that was going around, I think two years ago, of the Seattle Seahawks uh, NFL team in the locker room, it, the image looked like they were, they were there was like three guys and they were all huddled up huddled up in the mm-hmm. locker room burning a flag like an mm-hmm. American flag mm-hmm. and it was around the time that Colin Kaepernick like kneeling um, took storm in the NFL mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> both like I guess sides of the media were kind of going back and forth everyone's opinions were going and then I think it was like some Russian. Mm. A bot account tweeted out this picture of these American football players burning an NFL flag, mm-hmm. and it was like a huge story. And then it came out that they had photoshopped a flag with like the fire on it uh, instead of like a trophy or something, something the whole players were holding. It just it's scary that it's they have that much influence on the public. I see. I just think our current technology is cool but also it really freaks me out a lot i mean i think we're gonna end up going making a new constructing a new world that is completely digital i mean this may be a a digital world and we're just plugged in you know the matrix is real y'all it's a simulation (laughs) like the matrix (laughs) is not just a movie um (laughs) so and we're gonna be like so much more into digital i mean even now like people walk down the street and just are on their phones like yeah why are you walking down the street on your phone? Someone can run up on you and steal off you. Like, yeah. come on now. But people are just so much into media. And so since we're so plugged in, it's like doing these images and all that, we're creating and crafting another world for 
us to be in and taking us out of reality and now you're so used to like looking at this stuff digital you can't tell fact from fiction like when you have something real in front of you like "Mm, what is that it's like what is real yeah you know that's definitely like an example of what we were saying before like the little things in daily life that can be so horrifying Mm -hmm. like just everybody's obsession with their technology Mm -hmm. not being able to tell the difference between reality and and something digital and then I think like I think that's to bring it back to like uh, shows and stuff, I think that's where a show like uh, Black Mirror has really mm-hmm. capitalized in that sort of like th- like kind of psychological thriller type mm-hmm. type market, but uh, but really like all about digital like infrastructure mm-hmm. really hindering the like life experience mm-hmm. and how like these things can just create horrifying situations. Yeah. Did you guys like Black Mirror? Love Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I never watched a bunch of Black Mirror. I know, I know. I should watch it because I like the Twilight Zone, so I feel like I like Black Mirror. Yeah. yeah. Um, I seen one episode that I always think of when I talk about this is the Star Trek episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's my favorite episode. Yeah. USS Callister. Yeah, that's he what knows. He, he's <laughs> yeah. on it. But that's exactly what I was just talking about. Like they ended up living in the. Mm-hmm. The cloud or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. It was yeah. um, like he gathered DNA from his coworkers and fed it into his computer to create digital versions of them. And he yeah. was essentially like the boss in mm-hmm. this world. He was like he was player one, and everyone else from his real life was a digital copy. Mm-hmm. And then you see uh, his character arc throughout um, just the the few, I guess. It's kind of an indetermined amount of time that everyone's in there because they don't know. They've just, it, it seems like they've uh, been there for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> they just go about their lives. Everything in the world revolves around him mm-hmm. and he controls every aspect of it. And so he feels so in control in this world that in the outside world, like real life, not in the video game, he, he, he just is everyone's doormat and yeah. he. Mm-hmm just gets like shit on by everyone in his real life mm-hmm. which makes him more aggressive in the video game mm. which leads to him feeling more and more powerless in real life mm. and so it's yeah. kind of that like it's a cycle. violent cycle yeah well it's yeah. scary like um and just in that show specifically like in that episode when technology like that is in like the wrong hands mm. and i don't know who's the right hands but anybody can can corrupt and and stuff like that that's really scary Black Mirror has a couple episodes that kind of deal with a digital um, worldscape that's outside of the re- of reality. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think San Junipero talks about like literally downloading your consciousness into an alternate li- like world. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the newer ones, striping, striking vipers, is you're you're able to act in a vi- like in a video game. You're able to feel and be that character mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes while you're plugged into the game. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, is that where technology is heading? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're already there. Yeah. Uh, and then another Black Mirror episode, Nosedive, really illustrates mm-hmm. that, where they have the, the system where you rate people out of five stars, uh, basically every interaction, and so you build up this kind of credit uh, where you can... Have you not... You haven't seen this one, right? It's basically like Uber. Like Uber rating, but with every, like, interaction you have with anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I could I could rate you four stars right now just because I'm like, eh, I don't like something Andrene said. Mm-hmm. And then you wouldn't be able to enter certain restaurants that are like a 4.5 star minimum or something like that, which is scary. It's a whole different society yeah. structure. And I... I've said this before, I think, um, like, when we talk about survival of the fittest mm-hmm. in, like, I guess, ancient times, it used to be who is literally the fittest person who can survive and, mm-hmm. like, thrive in an environment where you've got to hunt and, like, be athletic and stuff. Now, I feel like survival of the fittest is how much clout you have, how much mm-hmm. influence you have, mm-hmm. and what kind of... It, it's really, like, what other people say about mm-hmm. you and how, yeah, how, I guess how you can move through this world that is so like technologically heavy and um that's adapt. scary yeah. because you could you can have tons of clout if you're just super manipulative it's all about what mm-hmm. people think uh, about you sociopaths uh, like yes. um <laughs> yeah. them folks they be so charming like narcissists narcissists are the most charming people ever like 
people be loving them, mm-hmm. but they be behind doors. They be like wild. Yeah, exactly, exactly my point. <laughs> like, literally, if if like you said, if that's now the the unit of measurement for mm-hmm. sur- survival of the fittest, mm-hmm. like, what kind of people we let? What kind of people oh we letting through here? Like, we'll what kind never of people- be able to tell what's real. Like that, w- and that will further like distance ourselves from reality in whatever aspect it is. Because if it's about like how you project in yourself and you know how much clout you have, you can really carefully craft this image to just adjust to how people would like and then you can't tell if you create it and like this is real and now we're like this is our standard of real and then now that's the basis of what's real and now we have to like go further from it and create craft another imagery about based off of this cultivated one yeah and it continues on but is it isn't necessarily like bad terrible if that's the way that our society is like so I feel like society kind of works like crafting what is real, like what is reality. And it continues on. It just evolves, you know? Like, even now, not that long ago, reality was like, oh, it's perfectly fine to enslave these people because yeah. they're not humans, you know? But then the paradigm shifts to like, all right, we can't enslave them in this way. Like, we have to be a bit more humane. I have air quotations, y'all can see it. <laughs> yeah. More humane, and but the paradigms will, will shift, so... Yeah. And that's still going on. Like, in India, there's a caste system based on your race and religion. Mm-hmm. And you're either upper or lower class citizen, basically. Or, like, in Africa, in the 90s, when apartheid was still going on, yeah. <laughs> there was, like, six class systems that you're based on, literally mm-hmm. just on a, on a gradient of skin tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, it's still going on. Yeah, and whether, whether it is, like, you're judged on... Um, those types of aspects of yourself or you're judged on mm-hmm. like rating your interactions with mm-hmm. other people either way like i don't know it's freaky it's, it's freaky. freaky where like the digital age is taking our future i mean you could be positive about it and mm-hmm. say that like we as humans can handle it mm. and um but and I'm, do our and like Andrea looks skeptical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not that positive though. I'm just saying. to doubt. I'm curious. How would we handle it? We handle it by making laws, right? Yeah. Rules about what yeah. you can and can't do yeah. in this digital space or in this digital era. Mm. How many rules do we make until the government's just in there, like in our daily life? Like you can use your own face, your face to unlock your phone. That's mm-hmm. it. No deep faking for you today. <laughs> you get one deep fake a month. Not today. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how um, different sources of media, like books and movies, that portray these ideas about how scary our society is becoming. Mm-hmm. Movies like um, 1984 mm-hmm. and. Uh, 451 Fahrenheit? What was it? Was it yeah, one called? Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't read that one all the way through, but I know the general idea. <laughs> well, those are crazy to read now. Like, even in high school, when I was reading those books, yeah. like, they were scared of a future that, like, we're, we're in it. We are in yeah. it. And they were scared of it. And, you know, we're doing okay, I think. Like, uh, me <laughs> specifically, I'm doing okay. Yeah. I know not everybody's doing okay, but I think just talking about the digital, like, landscape... Um, we have been able to handle it thus far. We've already exceeded the expectations of, of like those authors. Mm-hmm. I mean, can we, can we as a race exceed our own expectations? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That is the question. I mean, more mm-hmm. artificial intelligence. I mean, once there's like, what is it like a sentient? How do you say that? Like a sentient, sentient robot. Sentient artificial sentient, intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like, when it is able to function on its own. Oh, it's clip. It's, it's over. over. That's We're it, done. right? right? Yes. Are we all in agreement there? Like, yes. humans are done. Yes. <laughs> okay. I feel, like, I feel like robotic intelligence of that sort can be completely superior to human beings. Yeah. I believe it. We depend too much on it. Like, I bet you that whole series listen to us right now. Like, yup, I'm plotting on you. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. My, my roommate has an Amazon Alexa, and sometimes he'll just be playing Fortnite or whatever, mm-hmm. and he'll say something like, Yo, they're they're coming up from the south, uh, like, like talking about um, uh-huh. like the coordinates or whatever. He's like, uh-huh. yo, turn turn east, and then Alexa will be like, you wanted me to, and he's like, what? <laughs> it's like uh-huh. she is listening yes. the entire time, constantly listening. And then, what's the point when when you're able to function better than any other? Human and you, yeah, <laughs> what's it, they just seem meaningless. And Have you guys pathetic. seen that Machina? Oh, no. I, people always relate to that, and I've Craziest never seen movie. it, but I, I you should. have to. Okay. It's it's one of my favorites. Um, yeah, basically just 
shows how manipulative technology mm-hmm. could get in the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now, robots are doing some crazy stuff. Yeah. It's like Boston Dynamics, the, mm-hmm. the robotic mm-hmm. company that you see them making. They made, like, a little robot dog, and they, mm-hmm. teach, they code it to walk around open doors and stuff. But, mm-hmm. like, it recently came out that they're being funded in part by a military-industrial company. Oh, no. The idea well, being that... I wonder about the that, like, Yeah, these, these ideas and technologies could be weaponized easily yes. and quickly. Because yeah, yeah. The, the technology that's getting so advanced, like, who, who's funding it? Who has the money? And usually the people who got the money do it be fucked up. Like, yes. Just, like, if you if they want to, like, mess up something as simple as the food pyramid about eating, like, <laughs> that's sponsored by the meat industry and completely telling you lies, you think that they're not going to be doing that for this super advanced-ass technology? That's yeah. Wake up. Open your mind. Literally. Anjane, completely and utterly selfishly. Okay. Um, I'm a Capricorn. Yes. Tell me about me. Okay. <laughs> um, your sun's in Capricorn. Your moon is in Cancer. Cancer and Capricorns are opposite on the zodiac wheels. Cancers are like, oh, feeling emotion. Mm-hmm. My internal world is so great. Capricorns be like, <clears throat> that's the feeling. <laughs> I'm grumpy. But um, Capricorns is the father of the zodiac. Cancer is the mother. Cancers are nurturing and loving. Capricorns are like building and doing. So do you feel like who you want to be and your feelings are at war with one another? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. They're, they're opposites. So are, are you... Mm, hmm. I don't know. Because I don't know what to say to you now. Yeah, <laughs> Capricorns. Okay, Sun and Capricorn. I'll ask you about your Moon. Do you do you feel in tune with your emotions? Like, do you feel like you can access them easier, or do you? Is it like off and on? Mm, off and on. Off and on. Mm. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely elements mm-hmm. in both of the things that you were saying before. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that I'm a caring and, and empathetic, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of the times, like that's like towards other people and mm-hmm. like. Accessing my own emotions mm-hmm. is definitely harder. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about. No, you do. <laughs> or, you know, you know yourself. Yeah, or like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't really think about like what I'm feeling a lot. Like that's mm-hmm. in the really in the back of my head. Okay. Like I really don't think about it. I'm like I'm more just like mm-hmm. day by day. Like mm-hmm. let's get stuff done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you feel like you're more in like action mode more often than you're like mm, let me sit back in like assess how I'm feeling Uh, yeah I don't think I I ever assess how I'm feeling I mean I don't think that I don't I like to keep myself busy but I'm definitely Mm -hmm. able to be alone and entertain myself Mm -hmm. but when I'm like alone like I really am always doing something like whether that's watching a show or Mm -hmm. like even if I'm just like cleaning or doing something that is mindless then I'll like listen to a podcast Mm -hmm. or something like that so I don't really like let myself (laughs) like chill Capricorns don't rest ever like yeah work yourself to the bone because they're building they got places to be <laughs> like but capricorns are planners like you know about advancing and climbing like yeah. goats climb mountains y'all seen that goat that can like stand on the side oh, of the mountain yeah, and yeah, like, like, yeah that's the capricorn like that's the embodiment wow. of it <laughs> no i can really i have a, i i think i plan more um like, I all plan pretty far, like, lengthy into the future. Mm. But, like, planning, like, what I'm going to do. No, I would say I'm a planner, but if, like, things don't go according mm-hmm. to plan, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but I do it, but I do, like, making lists and making plans. Because mm-hmm. I just, it, it organizes my own thoughts. But, like, if, mm-hmm. I don't freak out if it doesn't go according mm-hmm. to plan. Like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I can adjust. <laughs> you mean... You may be just the more emotional. I mean, Capricorns aren't like emotionally. Rep- okay, they are emotionally repressed, kind of. Yes. Which no. which signs aren't emotionally repressed? Um, water. Not even all water signs. I think saying emotionally repressed is kind of iffy when it comes to signs too. Um, like Scorpios are water signs, right? They got hella feelings, but they they straight up repress them like deep down inside, like. Oh. Not today feeling because they want to dominate their emotions. Are Capricorns just like don't like have a lot of feelings? They do. The thing is, they do because Capricorns are a hybrid of water and earth. They're oh. Capricorn is the sea goat 
Like, that's what the constellation is. The <laughs> I am the seagoat. <laughs> yeah. I totally see that. Seagoat, like, you have the staple feet on land, but under that water, them feet is kicking, like, in the water, going crazy. <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> Jenna, that's your fourth Halloween costume. Yeah, <laughs> just, like, like on land, like, in, in sight, I look like I'm really yeah. in control, but no, like, <laughs> under that water. Like, going crazy in there. Um, So... Yeah, Virgos have a harder time accessing them. Dylan, looking mm-hmm. at you. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> What's good? I'm a Virgo. I have What's a hard good? time expressing my feelings. Do you have hard? Do you feel like you're you can tune into your emotions easy, or is it like a bit harder for you? I like I don't unless it's extreme. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only thing that pushes me over is like extreme shit happens. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like what Jenna said, but even like I'm super okay just hanging out by mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. in silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, which is kind of weird. No, I don't but think, like, I I'm, like just, that. I'm just chilling. I'm just chilling with me. Like in silence, like not doing anything. Yeah, just like just by just yourself. Just meditate. <laughs> just meditate. You meditate? Uh, nah, not even like a, a officially meditate. I just like. This should just like. <sighs> I was talking about your levitation. Um, <laughs> you were like. <sighs> Remember, you were like, one day I'll just levitate. Oh, someone said that about me. I didn't even see that. <laughs> I, I said, be saying that. I think it was you. Because you said you meditate. Yes, I think you said that. Oh, I think I was talking about dying. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I was, I was like, about dying. Yeah, once, once you've, like, accomplished everything you want to do and, like, mm-hmm. you don't feel like you have anything left to do on this earth, you're just going to, yeah. like... Ascend. Yeah, and yeah. Like, it's gonna be levitated. Yeah. Right, right. I think that's a good life. I am about Isn't to that real? Isn't that why like older people like have to exercise and like get pets and stuff and so they won't meet with levitate. their grandkids? No, so that they like can that mm-hmm. they continue like um, having stuff to process and having a daily schedule, which mm. helps them live longer. Yeah, I think there's been studies that mm-hmm. say like once you retire, mm-hmm. clock's ticking. <laughs> yeah, because you. I don't know. Like once you retire mm-hmm. and or lose your significant other, mm-hmm. um, I think people tend to die quicker. Yeah. Like Please. after that, because those are just like both traumatic events and also like once you retire, your brain isn't as active and you yeah. just don't feel as purposeful. That, like daily, yeah. like yeah. stimulation and also lack of productivity. Like I know me. If I get go through a whole day that I don't feel productive, I'm like, whoa, what a waste of life. Yep. I really feel like that. <laughs> That's why, like, every every summer, it's fun for the first three weeks, but then after that, it's like, all right, I'm here. I'm absolutely agree. I also think our society just forces us to always be doing something. Yeah. Like, always, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that. Like... After you graduate, so much pressure to get a job right after yeah. you graduate. But don't you want to rest? Well, my yeah, mom just uh, texted me back, said I was born at 5.30 p.m. <laughs> That's for another day. Yeah, we yeah. Are, we are yeah. Yeah. I know, but we're done. Here, I would love to do it. I love doing people's That's charts. That's awesome. Well, thank you so yeah. much, Andre. I want to say thank you, Owen, Jenna, and Andre, yeah. for all coming into this podcast. We started talking about star signs and astrology. We ended up talking about star signs and astrology. <laughs> <laughs> the middle got a little... A little dark. (laughs) A little dark, not gonna lie, but it was really interesting. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. I liked it. Thank you, listener, for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of Review Cues. Bye.